Coming up on Guys Talking Sports, we talk about Brittany Griner coming back home to the U.S. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We also talk about Deion Sanders now leaving Jackson State University to attend to coach the University of Colorado. So we're going to get our thoughts in on that as well and how it affects the HBCUs as well. We also talk about Aaron Judge now re-signing with the Yankees for nine years, $360 million. So we're going to talk about that and some of the other transactions that happened in Major League Baseball. And of course, we're also going to talk a little bit of college football with the new of the new rankings being out as well. So we're going to get a little bit into that. My co-host Smooth joined me on Guys Talking Sports and that begins. What's up everybody? Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. We appreciate all the love and support out here, out there. Um, we Thank you for everything, but we got a lot to talk about. We definitely got a lot to talk about in the world of sports. So what No, well, what better way to kick off? Uh, but first, before we do that, let me introduce my co-host with me, Smooth. What's going on, sir? How are you doing? How's everything going? It's been a very busy last couple of weeks at work and still more work to be done. I feel like they're going to work me to the bone before I get off of my uh usual Christmas break, but uh, all's good. A little tired, but I'll manage. Hey, nah, trust me, I definitely understand that. And of course, we know that Ace right now is on a special assignment. Um, I know he's probably covering the Washington Commandos, <laughs> Commanders, I should say, and the San Francisco 49ers. So I know he is doing his thing. So it's just the two of us today. So we're going to get started and talk about what's going on in the world of sports and what better way to kick off the world of sports and talk about the final release of Brittany Griner coming back home to the U.S. Um, she was released earlier today, of course, uh, from Russia. Um, she's been there for over 280 days, plus days, I should say. Uh, but she is now returning home or should be home now. Uh, she should be at somewhere, the, uh, from what I remember, um, since she would be arriving in Texas and then pending a physical, uh, she, but she is back in U.S. soil. So let me get your thoughts on the fact that Brittany Griner has now been released and is back home in the U.S. So let me get your thoughts on that. Um, I probably want to say is more, um, I guess for Brittany Griner, her wife and their family, um, relief um this um long nightmare um is over for them um this unfortunate scenario that occurred the infraction that she did yes is frowned upon in russia with you know having any kind of weed or drug related you know things on you um you know that's something that would normally garner the type of attention and garnered the type of response that she got if it wasn't for a current situation with everything going on with Ukraine and the war, you know, the climate between the U.S. and Russia. But I think, you know, I think just for the family, I think they're all happy and relieved that she's home. And I think for us, I think it's just a sign, you know, we're happy, you know, for her that she was able to finally be freed. I figured she would not do those nine years, you know, at this penal camp. Um, but my, my mind rests on two thoughts. It rests on there is still another um, person still in Russia, Paul Whalen, um, who's been in jail in Russia and since 2018. Um, he was a former U.S. Marine, and he's being held on espionage, espionage charges. Um, but his family did say that they were happy that she was going and they understand. Um, so they're not mad at it, but I... Um, you know, we want to definitely acknowledge that family that he's still there. And, you know, the U.S. is definitely working on getting, you know, him back home as soon as possible. But for the Griner family, you know, it's just happy and relief for them that, you know, this is finally over. And she's finally able to come home if she's not home, if she's not in Texas already. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I completely co-sign with your statement about the remaining um people that are still there um it's great to see it's it's good that she is home 
Um, but we cannot forget about the other people that are still remaining there. Um, I think that, and like you said, kudos to the family um, that's still supportive, that um, was happy to see Brittany Griner come home. But of course, they still have to worry about their loved ones that are still there as well. So I think that overall, it shows the amount of support for everyone. Um, and just be, I mean, even though Brittany Griner is home, we cannot stop. And I'm, I'm glad that the White, the White House and the rest of the U.S. is not stopping in regards to trying to do whatever it takes to bring the rest of the people home as well. So, um, but it is kudos, you know, for getting the job done. Um, you have to give credit where credit was due. U.S. did what they needed to do to at least bring or make an effort to get somebody home. And they definitely brought someone home. So I'm pretty sure Brittany Griner won't be going to Russia, back to Russia anytime soon. Uh, so... <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty sure that, um, uh, but the whole thing about it, the reason why she went to Russia in, in the first place is because, you know, she was making money playing in Russia for a basketball team out in Russia, um, because right, quite frankly, of course, we know that the WNBA doesn't make as much of a money as the NBA players. So um, I, I, uh, hopefully it will start some type of trend, um, but I believe that for everybody out there that's in support of Brittany Griner should also understand that, you know, that same energy could be put towards the WNBA um, as far as to help bring, generate sales so that further U.S. players don't have to travel to play elsewhere to make 10 times the amount of money as they do in the WNBA. Yeah, and I think that's something that, you know, WNBA, NBA should look at. Um, a lot of players play overseas. Uh, matter of fact, I'll probably say maybe 80% of them, 70, 80%, you know, probably play overseas because they can make more money over there during the offseason than they can here. If they was making the salaries that the NBA players are making, or even not even, if they was even making the salaries NBA players are making 15 years ago, you wouldn't see them you know, bolting to the Europe to play. Um, but that's, you know, we can always talk about that, but we have to be about that. People have to go into the, go to the game, buy the paraphernalia, you know, you know, not only just going to the games, ESPN needs to show the games more. Like you can go to ESPN, TNT, and you can see those games all day long. Mm -hmm. I might see the game one day, one Saturday or one Sunday on ABC between three and six, and that's it. <laughs> And you might not see any more games until the playoff time come. But, you know, it does bring up a larger point that, you know, there's something that needs to be addressed, but the money has to be there to give these ladies the funds. And just like the players on the men's side have people in the stands, they have endorsements, they have people putting in, you know, dollars into these owners' pockets, you know, to be there, that same energy needs to be there for the women and you won't see them have to transverse and travel over to Europe or wherever to play. Um, but, you know, you know, this is the state that we're at. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also love to see more advertisements for head towards the WNBA more so than the, I mean, the NBA. Um, I think that that will help also benefit as well. But like you said, I completely agree. Um, it's just that that energy is definitely needed for the WNBA. And hopefully, um, the, you know, they can work that out. Um, so that way that we can stop sending players overseas, you know, to, to earn money when they could just earn it right here in the U.S. Yeah. And the one thing I want to make a point out, too, because I know there's been some people who have been um, critical about her release and the fact that there is the former Marine who's been there since 2018 um that was not released and the fact that she was released and she's a basketball star and you know she wasn't a wrongfully detained person she broke the law i mean there, some of the stuff i believe is just completely asinine in my opinion you know but you're missing the whole point that you know she did get released however if you want to look at it there's so many nuanced levels to this unless you're sitting in the state department and sitting with you know President Biden, who he's talking to in Russia, it was never going to be an apples for apples. Unless you're sitting in the room and you can hear what's going on, and you can hear 
deals that were made and not made or rejected, you can't sit there and, you know, criticize what's going on. They were trying to get both out. And if we remember, he was detained in 2018 and the prior president did nothing about it. So he was trying to get them both out. They didn't want to give both. Um, they were, I'm assuming, willing to give, you know, exchange Brittany Griner for the, um, the arms dealer that they traded, um, that the U.S. had. Um, the guy allegedly for espionage. So it was going to be a much, much bigger deal and a much, much harder sell to get both. Um, they probably wanted something else more for, for him. And depending on what that is, the U.S. probably wasn't going to budge on that. So yeah. for all the people criticizing it or saying, you know, it's a travesty, unless you're in the room doing the negotiations, you don't know what's being, you know, bartered back and forth. So don't speak on what you don't know. Completely agree. Completely agree. I mean, and the, the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, they did do something, like you said, where so many people didn't do anything at this stage. At least they did something and actually did something where they brought somebody home. Um, and like you said, it could have been, you know, it could have went either way at this stage. But no one is complaining, like the families are not complaining about how this went down. They're in full support of each other. So at this particular stage, you know, they're doing that something that, you know, and who's to say that it's not the saying that they're not stopping just because they brought Brittany Griner home. I'm pretty sure that they're still trying to make deals going forward. And at the end of the day, they did what was necessary and they got someone home. So I, I agree. The, criti the, the, the people criticizing about why and who and all of that, they don't know anything about what happened beneath, behind the scenes. So it's just more so that everything at this point is just all noise. Um, at least the, the administration did what they needed to do. Can't knock it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we're happy that, that she's home. It, it wasn't going to please everybody. I mean, but, you know, I'm hope, we're hopeful that all people that are detained over there can come back home. But you always have to admit, in those, in those certain situations, and let's be real, this has been going on for quite some time. There's always been prisoner exchange swaps, so this is nothing new. Yes. And to be honest, um, everything should be done behind the scenes anyway, because you don't want it to get out there in the open that you're doing this at the end of the day. And quite frankly, it doesn't help the fact that everybody knows what's going on. Yep. So, um, but like we said, again, it's good to have Brittany Griner home. Um, we was talking about it all the time. You know, at the end of our podcast, we always say free Brittany Griner. So it's good to know that that mission has been accomplished. Uh, so we're grateful for that. Um, so let's move on to some more news. Of course, some other big news that happened during the weekend. Let's start with, of course, former Jackson State University college football coach. I know it's, I know it's, it's too soon. It's too soon. But Deion Sanders has told everyone that he is now taking the position, head coach job at Colorado University, uh, where he is now Colorado Buffalo. Uh, he will be head coaching the Colorado Buffaloes uh, for this foreseeable future. Of course, Jackson State, I mean, Deion Sanders, of course, is known for doing what he did to bring Jackson State to relevance, um, more so in the college football scene. Uh, so I know there's a lot of slack. I know there's a lot of talk about him being a sellout, um, for him leaving and the way that he's leaving and the whole shebang. Um, let me get your thoughts about Deion Sanders primetime, taking his talents, his son, and some of the other coaches to Colorado, uh, to the University of Colorado. Let me get your thoughts on that. Uh, I think like most people, majority, a lot of people, I think um, I was surprised um, that they actually took the job. Um, I wasn't necessarily that surprised that he left. Um, I was just surprised that it was the Colorado job that he took. Um, I know there's been so many people that have, you know, dog, you know, dogged them out and, you know, criticize them, you know, for, for leaving. Um, but, you know, 
I'm like, if anybody, if if you if you did or didn't, I'm not sure if people did, but did you watch that 60 minute interview that Primetime did? Um, at least from my impression, um, the impression that I got out there was was the man wasn't there for the you know for the long ride. It looked like he was willing to leave if and when the right opportunity came along. I just didn't realize that right opportunity was going to be Colorado in a Pac-12 that has been relevant for like the last 20 plus years. But however, um, people are like shocked and surprised. They can't believe it. I mean, I guess I look at it this way. Um, Deion Sanders brought a lot of attention to HBCUs football-wise. Um, that probably necessarily over the last few years wouldn't have been there. I mean, heck, he had college game day at Jackson Jackson State a couple of weeks ago, and I was looking at that. Um, so I never went to HBCU. Um, I know you did for for about about a year or two, and so I don't have the same kind of connection, you know, there. But I can kind of understand why some people might be a little bit offended and upset that he left. Um, but as I was telling, you know, one of my coworkers the other day, there's a lot of work that needs to be done to get HBCU college football programs to a certain level. And no matter what they thought, Deion Sanders and Jackson State University alone was not going to elevate HBCUs to where they needed to be. It's going to take a collective effort from everybody. And it's going to take a long time from everybody. I mean, a long time period. I mean, it's got to go from you know, college alumni, the boosters, the sponsors, all the way down to the college football coaches allowing or even encouraging their four and five-star recruits to listen to, you know, to HBCUs if they want to come and speak to their kids. Most of them are just going to send them to all of your top flight power five programs. And if HBCU comes in, they may, may not even let them talk to them. So it's going to be a lot is a lot more work that was needed. And Deion Sanders, from all the interviews I heard, spoke glowingly about it and said this was his calling, but he never said he was in there for the long haul like Eddie Robinson and some of the other people. So for everyone that's shocked and surprised, I'll go back to that. That 60-minute interview told you all you need to know. The man was not in it for the long haul. So why are you surprised? We're probably all disappointed because we were hoping, and that was probably our selfishness that we were hoping that he would stay there and help at least the growth of HBCU football to another plateau but he did a lot and his time was there I mean his time's there but you hate to see him go I'm not mad at him I mean how often do you hear an HBCU coach from any of those schools get an opportunity to coach at a power five conference school never so I know a lot of people are upset and they're, you know, bashing them. I'm not bashing them. I'm just saying this is the reality of college football sports. Completely agree. Um, I ain't going to front. I was that initially when I heard it, I, I was a little bit, um, I wouldn't say upset. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I could say I was a little bit disappointed, if anything. Um, but I, hey, I, after a while, I completely get it and completely understand. And I wish nothing but success for Deion Sanders. I know for a fact that even some of the Jackson State University people um, are rooting for him to succeed. But I agree with you what you're saying. From an HBCU standpoint, the amount of stuff that he put into Jackson State, um, his own resources, I think that alone was, was, is a good enough sign. Um, because he was willing to commit during that time frame while he was there. Now, you're right, Smooth. That interview showed a lot that he wasn't going to be there long. So couldn't really <laughs> understand why the fact that everybody was thinking that he was going to be there another two or three to five years. Um, at this particular stage, he did what was necessary for him to move on. I agree. I didn't think that it was going to be to Colorado. I thought it was going to be someplace else, like a Florida state or something like that. Um, someplace where I thought that he would definitely <laughs> would enjoy, but did not think Colorado. But yet they offered him the money that he that he wanted. 
even though they didn't have the money, they had to pay them. Yo, how you gonna offer somebody some money and not? Oh, the guy was like, oh, yeah, well, we ain't got the five. We'll get it. Don't worry about it. I'm like, get it from where? Uh, 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 which makes me wonder. I hope they don't cut no programs just to do this to to sign um, Dion. I hope they can find ways where boosters will offer. Um, I mean, I, they hope they get alumni boosters to help contribute to that salary. Um, I hope they don't take programs away from the kids there. That's my only, oh, my only hope. But I digress. I agree with you 100%. I think that the HBCUs, the people that were complaining about Dion leaving, I think that the bottom line is this, that you cannot complain about something where he was a benefit the time that he was there. Now, if he wasn't doing anything, he didn't contribute any type of resources or whatever the case may be, I get it. But, and he may, he may have said things to the effect that he wanted to stay to build up. That's all well and good. But at the end of the day, you should not rely on Coach Deion Sanders to help build up your program when you have a lot of boosters, a lot of alumni that could do that for you. If the same energy that people could have about complaining to um, about Deion Sanders leaving for Colorado, you put that same energy towards building up the HBCUs to begin with, then there wouldn't be a problem because then the HBCUs will have the opportunity to be on ESPN and all this stuff, have college game day come to not just Jackson State, but all some of the others, Southern University, for example. So I think that if everyone that is complaining put their energy towards helping the HBCUs instead of complaining, I think that it will benefit the HBCUs more. I'm pretty sure the people that's complaining don't even put an ounce of any, any make any donations to any HBCUs, but yet I you're complaining that Coach Deion Sanders is leaving Jackson State for Colorado. I get it's a PWI. I get I get that. I understand that. But at the end of the day, it's not about what he's done. He's already did what he was supposed to do while he was at Jackson State and representing the HBCU. The question now becomes, what are you going to do for a person that is complaining? Are you going to contribute to HBCU? So I think overall, this is just a lot of noise. And I, like I said, I, initially I was disappointed. But at the end of the day, if I'm not contributing, I can't be disappointed in something that he's already done and I didn't do. Exactly. I mean, that's the one thing I want to know. All these people that are complaining on them and 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 getting on about leaving, you know, have you contributed to your own HBCUs? If you don't go HBCUs, have you contributed at all? I mean, I'm going to say perfectly blank. I haven't contributed because I contribute to my own alma mater. So that's I'll make that statement out. But I've seen even some polls and stuff on you know on social media about people and you know let's donate to HBCUs. Why'd I have to take Deion Sanders leaving Jackson State University to go to Colorado for you to want to put something out there? That should have been out there already. So you're being very hypocritical. So the question is, are you mad that he left? Or are you what's the reason why you're mad that he left? Correct. Correct. So for me, you know, I get it. I like I said, it's I guess it's more of a selfish you know, reasoning, like I was having this conversation with one of my, you know, Caucasian co-workers, I will not say that person's name, <laughs> who could not understand what the fervor was about. Um, you know, obviously he doesn't get, he doesn't get advice to the cookouts. <laughs> so this, we're speaking, we're speaking to the family out here, not anybody outside the family. You know, there is a certain selfishness that we have with our own folks that we're seeing them doing good somewhere. We want to see them to continue to do good mm -hmm. and like i said you know from the get-go i will i was hoping he would stay a little bit longer at least you know to help at least leave it at a good place mm -hmm. the only thing i don't like is that he's taking a lot of players and coaches with him now the coaches i understand they're not really getting paid that much he took a lot of his coaches to colorado they're going to get paid a heck of a lot more he took his son okay i i get it but you took travis hunter then <laughs> you take another cat so i'm like at least if you're going to leave at least leave the cupboards full for the next guy don't leave and leave the cupboards bare for whoever's coming behind you because then jackson state is going to go from 
eleven and zero winning the in a SWAC championship to probably two and whatever. I ain't gonna front. That was very gully when he went up to Colorado and told him, uh, "No." Don't <laughs> he said, "No." I mean, some of these spots is already taken, so there's no reason for you there. <laughs> he even talked to the team or anybody. He was like, "Whoop, see that guy right there, my son. He's your new, he's your new QB." And if I'm like the, the the QB coming back, I'm like, well, damn. I even get on the field to even compete, which means he already saw a tape of you and telling all you guys, you suck. But he, then he told him directly at the, 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 he spoke with the football team and told him like, hey, at the end of the day, don't even try out for some of these positions because they already take it. Like, and, like, I was like, yo, like, you really? Like, just... Like if I'm at if I'm like wide receiver and I'm sitting there listening to him, I'm like, ain't this like I can't even get compete for my own position. Like so dudes are like, yo, you guys need to go to the portal because the guys that I'm bringing in, their positions that they're at, if you're starting, you might as well hit the portal. Uh I, I was like, yo, you yeah, I, I, I that I think that out of everything, I would have to be like, yeah, I agree with you on that. I'd be like, uh I think you're kind of wrong for that, Dion, but I understand. It's like one of those, you're wrong for that, but I understand. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you got to take all the good, like, leave something for the next person coming in. I mean, he already, I heard that he already, you know, recommended or at least handpicked the person that's going to come behind him. So yeah. at least leave the guy come behind you, uh, you know, a little something. <laughs> yeah, man, I, but I, I will say this. I'm, I'm, I mean, because now, now you have Colorado on the radar when you didn't have them to begin with. So now this is going to be, now that you have this position, Dion has to show improvement. Because this is an opportunity for Dion, not just really for Dion, but for HBCU coaches as a whole. If they're looking at opportunities down the road, they may have to follow Dion, Dion's model, yes. But the point is, is that, these um, big conferences now, these Division One conferences, they're looking at this with a microscope. So I'm pretty sure the success on Dion, that Dion has, it all is going based on his success. If he doesn't do well in Colorado, like that's just going to be another, like, well, Dion couldn't do it, and he ran, you know, ran the tables. We've gone undefeated for these past couple of years in um for in HBCU. So why would we bring another coach? if Dion is not successful. So I think all eyes is going to be on him to see what he can do with Colorado. Agreed. There's going to be a level of scrutiny on him. Yes. Um, that he was, he didn't have when he was at Jackson State University. I mean, loser fell, you know, he tried. Now you're, now you're in a big pond. I want, I want to call him a little fish in the big pond, but you're in that big pond. And you're playing the Pac-12. We don't know what the Pac-12 is going to look like over the next couple of years. You already got teams bolting. You got a couple more teams probably looking to bolt. Um, but like I said, he's going to be scrutinized. And you're right. I mean, you know, he might get one year of, you know, the honeymoon period. But after that, that's it. I mean, if you're looking bad, all the bravado, all the talking, all the primetime stuff, is going to wear thin on people really fast. You're going to have people who are going to look for you to fail because you left, you know, Jackson State with the Colorado. And you're going to be people who are probably in Colorado looking for you to fail because of the way you came in and how you treated the, the players that was there. Even though you probably know some of your players are better than those guys. And even though at the end of the day, you might be right. <laughs> It's just the way that you went about it yeah. that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So, I mean, Coach Prime, he, he's got his work cut out for him. Um, but I would not be surprised if I see one or two Colorado games on TV come next season. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, to be honest, this is <laughs> – um, I, I don't know why I'm thinking this movie. Um, Deion Sanders is now the new Denzel Washington and Remember the Titans. That's that's what his season is going to be like. Oh, if you lose a game, you're fired. <laughs> that's how I see it as like like you're bringing all of this here. You better produce. 
And if you don't produce, you know that they're going to be watching every last one of, like, you're going to be watched without question. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I completely agree with you on all, all accounts when it comes to Dion. So hopefully he'll, I mean, I, I, I wish him nothing but the best. Wish him nothing but the best. Um, while we're at that subject, uh, we do have to talk real quick in the college football standings about what happened this past weekend, of course, with both TCU and, uh, why is that college? USC. USC, thank you. Both losing their games. Um, the final week is uh, amazing. So with that being said, there's a couple of teams that are now going to be in the college football. We'll still talk there. They should be in the college football um, championship playoffs. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, I didn't catch the, the latest polling. Um, but the thing that we talked about last week about hopefully TCU and USC not really stay in pat and win their games completely just fell off and completely just threw everything out of this out of sync. So let's talk about the past two games and I was so I, and what's crazy about it is because I said USC was going I I, I, I knew US, USC was going to lose but I really thought that TCU was going to hold it hold stand pat and you did the opposite I think you said you and A said TCU was going to lose that game actually and, no I think A said TCU I said Michigan was oh okay so but at at the end of the day, um, I didn't catch the, the latest um, rankings, so I don't know who are the top four. I think Georgia's still in it. Yeah, um, Georgia number one, Michigan number two, TCU number three, and Ohio State is number four. Oh, really? Yep. Wait, so TCU is still in it? Mm-hmm. All right, so then, uh, to be honest, I'm happy then. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> Alabama is not in it. Not for nothing, but I just don't want Alabama to be in the college football playoffs. Um, so let me get your thoughts on that um, because we do. Uh, let me get uh, let me get your thoughts on the change up, the whole shakeup of the college football playoffs. Well, I'm going to look forward to when they're going to go to the 12 team playoffs because I think that's going to be a lot more interesting than this 14 format is. And I think if you were to look at the top 12 right now. Um, Alabama would still, you know, get in. A lot of teams would still get in. I mean, USC would still be in there and, you know, Penn State, Washington. So it'd be a lot more representation of the other Power Five conferences. So, and I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Now, that being said, the top four um, for the playoffs, I think they got it right. I was thinking Michigan was could could have a um, a letdown because they played such a good game against Ohio State, uh-huh. and you're coming in playing you know an opponent that really didn't call really wasn't going to make them sweat, and it and it didn't <laughs> in the Big Ten championship. Um, but I think they kind of got put on notice when they saw USC lose the night before and, T- and TCU lose right before they played. So I think they were like, "Yo, we better." <laughs> <laughs> You better take the, this game seriously. That was all the motivation that they need at that point. <laughs> yeah, so I think they got it right. I think they're um, – I know there were still some people was trying to question whether or not TCU should have fell out completely, which would have uh, allowed Ohio State and Alabama to move in. People were still trying to claim for Alabama, but they lost two games. I don't care whether they lost them in overtime or – you lost two games. How do you hop over a, a, a one-losing team? You just can't. One loss, that's a different story. But you got two losses. Come on. It's happened before, but in this case, TCU had a pretty good resume. You really should have had three losses because you should have lost to Texas. Texas just 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 choked that right at the end, but they had them on the ropes. Um, and Alabama has not looked like the Alabama roll tide of, of the past. So for me, I think they got it right. Georgia's number one, you know, so this is going to be a Georgia Ohio State matchup, Michigan TCU matchup, which um, I don't think Ohio State is going to beat Georgia, but you never know. I think Michigan 
should be able to beat TCU, but I wouldn't sleep on that game. Um, TCU could definitely surprise them. But for me, um, this is this should be a very compelling one because you got TCU, you got a you got two Big Tens, a Big Twelve, and an SEC. Um, so should be interesting. Nah, I completely agree. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, when they do open up the the champion, I mean, when they do, do open up the player playoffs um, with more teams, then I wouldn't mind Alabama being in it. Um, I just think that at this, at, I mean, as this with Stan Pat, they would definitely be in the playoffs. Um, I think that that I, I would be okay with that more so than anything. Um, than where they, to be honest. Like just not being in the top four for me is is good enough for that. Uh, I like to see them earn it. To be honest, I like to see all teams earn it. And I think TCU, uh, even though they did lose that last game, I think that overall they still earn a shot to be in the playoffs. Uh, so I agree with you as far as the four teams is concerned. Um, I, 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 as Alabama would have gotten into it, I, I would have definitely had a problem. Definitely would have had a problem, a big problem. Um, like you said, they are two. They are two lost teams, and at this stage, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised they're over Tennessee at this stage, um, because Tennessee, I would think, would have been fifth, and Alabama would have been sixth. But I'm not the person that make those type of changes. I'm glad things are the way they are, um, and I just want to see difference. Um, I just want to see something different in the playoff system. And I think that that's what we're getting with these four teams, especially with TCU in. So me personally, I'm rooting for the underdog. I'm going to root for TCU over Michigan. Um, I think that Georgia-Ohio State game, like I, I agree with you, Smooth. Georgia should win, uh, but you never know. Yep, I agree. I mean, you know – I look forward to the expand to the expanded playoffs. I know some people were were not, or some people were complaining, and I'm like, yeah. Then they're going to say, well, the regular season games don't matter. Hell, they act like the NFL regular season games don't matter. They make them matter. I mean, yes. you just use it for any excuse to keep the the status quo to keep, in these cases, either two Big Ten or two SEC teams in the, in, in the uh, playoff formats. Mm -hmm. What they're worried about is they're worried about let's say you get a how the giants were the six seed and the and the, and the patriots were like undefeated and you get them running through you know get in a little bumpy but get hot and run the table and beat the patriots they don't want god forbid let's say a washington who would be the 12th team win the whole thing and beat georgia they don't want to see that well, I know they. Don't, they I, I want to see that, but yeah, I was gonna say they may not want to see it. But I the powers that be don't really want to see that. Yeah, because it devalues their their that conference. Yep, and they think that they and they believe that they can't sell the game. The hell, if they didn't sell that Patriot. Well, the, it was all about the Patriots going undefeated mm -hmm. until the Giants had a <laughs> had a different story to tell. True. So. I mean, I think they'll be okay. Like I said, there's been so many people complaining about the, the playoff format. I'm like, just let it play out and see what happens. Guess what? You'll probably get your Notre Dame in there. They'll probably still get their butts waxed, but you'll have them in there. Yeah, exactly. And the thing about it is you'll have the universities there that's going to be rooting for them teams because they're in the playoffs. So it's not just four teams that is just you're, you're going to have uh, four universities that you're going to have, you're going to have 12 universities. So imagine the gener the money being generated, the, avid the ads being generated off of these games. And it only benefits those teams, those universities that make it. So playing in a regular season is going to be important, not as important as linking it to the college. I mean, making it for the college playoffs because it expands now to 12 teams. So you have 12 teams instead of four. Like, usually a one-loss team won't get into the college football playoffs. So now you're in a position where you can lose twice and don't have to worry and stress the fact that you won't make it to the college football. You'll still have the ability to make it to the playoffs. So I think that that will benefit everyone as a whole around. So there's not a perfect team. There's actually balance in the college football playoffs, which, quite frankly, a lot of fans is, is, is looking for. 
Yeah, and I think it'll still be compelling. I think, you know, yeah. those those top teams that are in the top four or five are going to jockey for a position because if you're in the top four, I believe you get it, you get buys. Yeah. And then the other teams have to battle it out. And then it's all about the seeding and where you're going to play and yada, yada, yada. I mean, so could you see in this format uh, the Georgia State maybe resting some players in a big – in the SEC championship, if they know they're already in the top four and secured a spot, maybe. Do you have a Michigan? Maybe consider resting a couple of players because you know you got more games to play and you already got a spot secured with a with a, a week of rest. Maybe. We don't know, but the NFL goes to these same things all the time. And these college players that are playing in these teams all looking to go to the NFL. So guess what? You're doing the same thing there that you're going to be doing in the NFL. So it's 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 no big change. It's just advancing what they're going to do by a year or two. True, true. And it only helps not just – it helps the, the, the universities, but it also helps the players as well because, like you said, if they do rest that final game, they get to see what the future is bringing in the, the backups and – you know, some of the people that they want to get a good look at in real game situations. So they want to see exactly what they have. Like, you don't want to wait until you're in the middle of a college football game and God forbid somebody goes down and then you have to rely on a backup quarterback who may not be the person that you thought that that backup quarterback should be. So why not get the opportunity now to play out during a regular season game where you don't have to worry if you're already slight, I mean, slotted in the top two or three positions for, a, you can treat this as, okay, let me see what the other team, the other players can do. So it's an opportunity. Well, maybe I, let me take that back because it may be a, cha- a championship game that they may be in, but overall, you know, what I'm saying is the fact that you'll get more opportunities Everyone should benefit off of having the playoff, um, the playoff, um, the number of the teams in the playoffs expanded. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, it, it, these are still some compelling games, and um, hey, we'll look. Uh, I look forward to them. Me too. Me too, as well. And I think that that's another thing because now it'll bring invite more university. I mean, more fans. Um, to watch these type of games going forward when they didn't have that opportunity. So you know people are going to be rooting for those bottom 12, the bottom half of the 12 teams for um, the playoffs. So I think it's going to be a win-win overall. Oh, yeah. Um, Last but not least, we have to talk about the MLB. There's a lot of free (laughs) agent signings that is taking place. And I know... A lot, a, lot, a lot of money going around. A lot of money going around. I know Ace um, would definitely want to talk about this when he comes back. Uh, but let's start with the big one. Of course, that is Aaron Judge um, getting nine, nine years, $360 million to return to the New York Yankees. So the evil empire is definitely has its dark beta, so to speak, um, back with them. Uh, so let me get your quick thoughts on the fact that Aaron Judge is again back with the New York Yankees, signing a nine-year deal for three hundred and sixty million. Reminds me of a line that um, Fat Joe said. Uh, he said, "Yesterday's price is not today's price." <laughs> yeah. So uh, for Aaron Judge, he secured the bag. Um, Yankees have no one to blame but themselves on this one. Um, they probably could have got away with signing them a couple of years ago um, for less money you know with a contract they've been able to incorporate some more players and talent around them mm-hmm. they tried to you know low, low, I won't say lowball them but they tried to you know give them a very team friendly contract based on the market and he turned down that seven-year, $213 million extension. He bet on himself. Yeah. And he wound up with two more years and a little over $100 plus million and got nine years and $360 million. I mean, I know they probably didn't want to pay that, but they really had no choice. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he, he played 
you know, he bet on himself and he played this season masterfully, um, masterfully. And it, it, I mean, I know I heard that that the Padres, you know, was offering 10 years, $400 million. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think when you look at it, I think he probably, pinstripes is where he, where he, where he fits best. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and I heard that they're going to, you know, they were talking about giving him the captain position and they only had a handful of captains for the Yankees team being a captain and the star of the, of the, of the New York Yankees, that captain seat alone is better than whatever money you get for the San Diego Padres. True. Cause that's going to be money on the field and that's going to be money off the field. Um, so at the end of the day, the Yankees could not let him walk out that door. They had to do what it took to get him. You know, I know they didn't want to, you know, back up that much money to them, but they had absolutely no choice. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't blame them for it. The money that you pay, that's on you because you, you tried to lowball him a little bit and he was like, no. <laughs> and he came back and, you know, won MVP, broke, you know, Rogers Maris home run record, a Yankees home run record. That was on the AL, and they like to try to say AL is like the overall. No, it's still, it, it's it's still Barry Bonds when he was with the Giants, but still, and he was a couple of you know points shy of the triple crown. So it was like, at the end of the season, you know someone was going to give him the money, and the Yankees was like, well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that would have made it even worse is if that day would have went to the World Series, won, and he would have got voted MVP. Then it would that might have been. They might have gave him 10 year 400 million right you. there. That's what I'm thinking too. <laughs> like so, he, was, he was on that cusp with that, that's for sure. But I mean, you know, kudos to Aaron Judge. I mean, um, Yankees got this is probably this this is it for him. Oh yeah. There's no more contracts, but I will say this, and I know and I know Ace, if he was here to say the same thing. Scrutiny is on you now, man. You got the money. It's going to come up with a lot of attention, a lot more scrutiny than what you had. You got to bring one World Series, you know, appearance and win there. You go nine years and don't even sniff the World Series. Woof. It's going to be like money not well spent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But I also think that they also have to continue doing what they need to do to build up, especially at that bullpen. I know Ace would say that with the heartbeat that that bullpen needs to be a little bit more stronger than what it is um, for that. But again, kudos to Aaron Judge because quite frankly, it was worth it at this stage. You couldn't do nothing and just let him walk away. Yep. Uh, especially the way everybody, the free agency has been going. You think that everybody is just, it, it, it's, it's open season at this stage. Yo, the Phillies, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Yo, where they got all this money at? Them and the Padres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's amazing the fact that the Phillies is just doing whatever it takes at this stage. I don't think they're playing around now. <laughs> oh, they they are they got all their chips in the table. They're going all in. Trey Turner got Trey Trey Turner got a three hundred over eleven years. Like eleven years, really? I guess that's how you can spread out the money. But still, you're you're already paying Bryce Harper a lot of money. Jeez, they, whew. And that includes a full no-trade clause, too. <laughs> yo, if I had a son, I'd be like, yo, I'm taking you to every baseball camp, every baseball, you know, whatever. And baseball is the way to go. It, it, it takes a while to get there. But you will get there. <laughs> but, but, but if you get there, you get good. Your, your payday far surpasses the NFL and rivals the NBA. Definitely, definitely. Um, I know Mets fans is a little hurt. Um, I know I talked to uh, shot about that, but I know that Mets fans are a little bit hurt because DeGrom signed that uh, five-year deal with the um, Texas Rangers, but they did get something back in return with Justin Verlander. So. They wanted Verlander and DeGrom. If they would have had them both, <laughs> I'd have been like, well, damn. <laughs> you got all, you're, um, you're starting, um, you're starting pitching is all-star lineup worthy. Hey, I, I know that's what they were trying to do, but at the end of the day, DeGrom wasn't trying to stay. <laughs> All right. I mean, I think that was pretty telling at the end of the day. Um, 
But there's a lot of, uh, I think, like, this has probably been the most moving uh, transactions and free agencies that's been happening in MLB in a long time. Yeah, and I even said it last week, you know, when we were still talking about where Aaron Judge was going. I said, I said, I said, watch Justin Verlander. Wherever he lands up, Aaron Judge will probably be signed after because I think people are going to try to toe tag them both, but he ended up with the Mets and everybody was like, oh, he might want Aaron Judge at the end of the day was not going to end up with the Mets because even though you can get more money with the Mets, your, your, how should I put this? Your, um, your legacy in baseball overall is much better with pinstripes and winning a world series and being a captain than would ever been with the Mets. Ace knows it and Shad knows it, even though he doesn't want to admit it. He, he knows it. Yeah. Yeah. At, at this point, you, you, you have to do what you need to do. You have to do. And his legacy is definitely with New York, the Yankees, I should say. Um, more so than any other team at this point. But at this point, he is, he, he just has to show and prove. Like you said, if he doesn't win a championship within those time in that contract, um, where if Aaron Judge doesn't win a championship within that contract year, that's going to be a problem. It's going to be a huge yeah, no, problem. I'm like, don't, don't, don't worry about the other 40 that, you know, you left on the table with San Diego Padres. If you win one World Series, trust me, you're going to get double that and off the, off the field money easily definitely easily definitely would do it more with the yankees than the mets that's for sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> but we could definitely talk because i have a feeling there's going to be more mlb signings um next week that we're going to have to get into and i know ace would definitely want to get his take in on the whole aaron judge signing uh, but with that being said we are pretty much off out of time <laughs> so let them know where they can find you at ah on a nice caribbean beach laying by the pool sipping on some nice strong i'm sorry just dreaming of stuff <laughs> <laughs> the background just has me so fixated <laughs> uh you can find me on snapchat twitter and the gram je ross the number seven and of course, I wish I was where I, my background is showing right now. But you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am our quarrels. Twitter, Instagram, I am our quarrels. You can also catch guys talking sports every podcast that's available, whatever podcast you listen to. Just search guys talking sports and we are there. You can also catch us on YouTube live as well, as well as Twitter live, which we don't know how long that's going to mean, being as though Elon Musk. Is still the CEO there. Don't ban us. Um, also, you can find us on Twitch TV as well. Um, you can catch us there. But we do appreciate all the love and support out there. And you can catch us next time on Guys Talking Sports sometime next week. But until then, you guys take care. God bless. Have a good one. Stay safe out there. And happy holidays for all those people out there. One love.